Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. And I'm Pastor Vincini from Raymond Word of Faith Empowerment Ministries. And welcome back. We're going to get started. We're going to pick up where we left off last time. We were in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. And I'm going to read verse 1. It says, And you, put your name there, he, God, made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. He said you were. not So you're not dead anymore. You're alive. You're dead to sin and alive to God. He said you were dead in trespasses and sin in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. That's called Satan. We we were in the kingdom of darkness. Let's drop down to verse 4. He says, but God. Now, see, that's the only time you should be saying, but, Richard. But God, look, who is poor in mercy. No, rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. And verse 6, and raised us, me and you, up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Powerful statement. That's who we are. That's where we are. That's our position. And what we were talking about uh, before the broadcast, a lot of people don't know who they are in Christ and the position they hold. He just said he raised us up together, us who received Jesus, Lord and Savior. We've been raised up together, and he's made us sit together with Christ in heavenly places. And according to the scriptures, where's Christ sitting? I'm asking a question. (laughs) Right, at the right hand of the... You were asking me a question. I thought it was a rhetorical thing. No, not... Well, that too. But he's he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And the scripture says, as he's seated there, he's making intercessions for the saints. So as he's seated, seated there, he's the head, we're the body. I've never seen a head detached from the body. So we, the way God sees is we, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And the scripture says that we're heirs with God and we're joint heirs with Christ. So that should be what we're renewing our mind to. That should be the mindset of the born-again believer. And, and we know the scripture said he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that lives in you. That's why we understand that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And that should not be our mindset. God wants us to start thinking like he thinks because we're his children. We're, we're, we're heirs. We're, we're children of the most high God. And that should be the lifestyle of the Christian. It shouldn't be a defeated lifestyle. It shouldn't be having a victim mentality. We should have a victorious mentality because greater is he that's in us. And yes, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can. The Scripture says, "There's no temptation that's taken that that man can come get go through, but God with the temptation will give him a way out." That means you got the victory. Whatever comes your way, whatever trial, whatever tribulation, whatever adversity, if you keep looking unto Jesus, which is in His Word, the author and finish your faith, we can make it through that. And that's what we want to always let people know. You are who God says you are. You have what God says you have. You can do what God says you can do. 
Can I get an amen on that? Amen one, on that one. Just, you know what I like is in in that verse three in chapter two. He says, <clears throat> "Excuse me, like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath." Ooh, by nature, we, we were by nature our <laughs> sinful nature. Uh huh. Uh-huh. How we were born, we were by nature objects of wrath. Mm-hmm. But because of His great love for us, Ooh. see, it's not because we were good. You ain't do nothing. It's not because we <laughs> we were perfect. It's not because of anything that we had done, but because of His great love for us. Well, there's one God thing shows us His mercy. That's and one grace. thing. Well, there's one thing we did do. We, we received His love. Because remember, as many as received him, he gave them the right to become children of God. That's all you got to do is receive the promises. Right. But it's because of his great love and mercy. He initiated everything that occurred. Amen. His love came first. His mercy came first. His grace came first. We merely, as you say, accept. I'm a recipient. This great I'm a recipient <laughs> that he has given to yes, us. Yes, I am a recipient but, of that. But and- our nature is that we were enemies of God, we were <clears throat> sinners. And yet, because of his love for us, his mercy to us, his grace to us, because of what he has done. So now we have, we to, we have to walk in that position, put on Christ. So, and with that, that's putting on Christ every day. It's just like you put on clothes in the morning when you're getting ready to go out. You put things on. You don't go out, get out of the shower and just head out the house. You put on clothes. He says the same thing, put on Christ. And, and put on Christ merely means Put on the mind of Christ. You already have the Holy One residing in you. The scripture says we have the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. So we got the guarantee in the inside of us. The greater is he that's in us than, than he that's in the world. But now we got to put on Christ. And put on Christ means put on the truth of what God said. Put that on. The scripture says have your waist girded with the truth. Have the truth wrapped around you. And the truth is always found in the word of God. And the truth will set you free. All the time. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So as long as I put on him every day, I can walk in victory. And that's what we want to always remind each other. The Bible says exhort one another daily. But we want to exhort each other on who we are in Christ. We don't want to talk about our problems. or We want to talk about the promises. See, and, and, and here's the key, though, Vince, is that everybody has problems. God knew you would have problems. When he said, when Jesus said, do not worry, it wasn't because he was somehow out of touch with reality, that somehow he thought you would have no worries, that you would have no problems, that you would not have anything happening in your life. So yes, it'd be easy to do not worry. He knew that you would have problems. He knew that you would face trials. He knew you would face obstacles. But he says in it, do not worry, not because of you, but because of me. You don't need to worry but because on, I am stronger, I am bigger, I am greater than any of these things. Not only that, Richard, he, he gave us, the scripture says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. He also told us in another text of scripture, in this world, you will have trials and tribulations. I mean, you're going to have problems. Right? But, it's not but, like Jesus had his head in the sand. But, yeah, but, but then he says, but, mm-hmm. but be of good cheer. Oh, good cheer overcome. means... Yeah, I've overcome the world. But be a good cheer mean count it all joy. Right. Because <laughs> I've overcome the world. So me and him are rolling together. If Jesus has overcome the world, if he's say he's an overcomer, I'm an overcomer. Because remember back to the text. He we're we're seated together with Christ. 
I'm with Jesus. We're, we're partners we're in this. We're co-heirs. Yeah. We're brothers. Yeah, we're co-workers. He's our Lord and Savior. He's our elder brother. He's our Lord and Savior. And we're heirs with God and joint heirs with him. So if Jesus declared he's an overcomer, guess what our confession should be? I'm an overcomer. Greater is he that's in me than he's in the world. Stop focusing on your problems and focus on the promises. Stop focusing on your worries and focus on the word. Right. See, and, and you know, we've talked about this in past shows is our problems are right in front of us. Mm-hmm. You know, that job loss is right in front of us. Those bills piling up are right in front of us. That illness, that doctor's report is right in front of us. Our our children being in trouble are right in front of us. Whatever a person's issues are, they are right in front of them. Mm-hmm. And it is easy to take your eyes off of Christ and put them on the problems. The problem with that is then our problems just get bigger and bigger and we forget who is the author and finisher of our faith. I'm glad you said that, because this next verse in verse 7, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7, look what it says. Because we are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, look what it says in verse 7. That in the ages to come, or that's right now, or that's in the future, that's tomorrow, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. Grace is his favor or his power, and his kindness towards who? Us in Christ Jesus. So the key is to stay in Christ Jesus because he says, I'm going to manifest myself in you. God's saying, just like I manifested myself in my beloved son, when I told him to go and die for the sins of the world, I promised him in three days I was going to raise him up. Jesus had confidence in that. And he said, the same way I promised Jesus, my beloved one, I'm going to raise him up. I'm going to raise you up too if you keep declaring because Jesus kept on declaring destroyed his temple. He said it on many occasions. They didn't know what he was talking about, but he knew. And some of the things we say that God tells us to say may sound foolish, but we have to keep declaring it because words have power and we're on a worried planet. Jesus said, destroy this temple and three days later, I'm going to raise it up. And the scripture says that the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in us. And because that spirit that raised him from the dead lives in us, he'll also give life to our mortal bodies. That means to us through his spirit that dwells in us. So he's going to raise us up above every situation, every negative situation and circumstance that we come up against if we hold fast the confession of our faith, if we be steadfast, immovable. you got to stand on God's promises. You can't let circumstances sway you. Remember, he said don't look to the left hand to the right, but, but stay focused. And that's where a lot of believers miss it. They start looking at the winds. And, and, and like Peter did, and he began to think. They start looking at the circumstances. You got to continue to look at what God said and say what God says, and that's how He's going to show Himself exceedingly in you. He's going to reveal Himself. And right now, I'm in a situation, and God keeps revealing to me, Son, you're doing good because you keep speaking my word. In the midst of the trial, you're still saying God is good. You're still speaking of my word. You're not speaking of the circumstances. And that's what. We need to do in the midst of trials. You have to know what God said and say what he said because he only watches over his word to perform it. And if you don't know his word, you're going to perish for a lack of knowledge. So get in the word of God and make that your mindset. Make that your focus. Feed on it. you got to feed your faith, Richard. <laughs> trials and tribulations. See, this is the thing is that trials and tribulations, tragedy in our life, is either going to strengthen our faith or kill it. Ooh, yes, it is. I mean, that, that, that's what's going to happen. That, that's the two yeah. things that usually will happen. You have a terrible tragedy in your life. You have some terrible thing happen to you or your family member or whatever it is. If you turn to God, 
turn to Christ Jesus, he says. What is that? He says, the riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. You turn to Christ Jesus and your faith can be strengthened by tragedy. Your faith can be, you can overcome that tragedy. When we turn away from him, that's when our faith takes a hit. And so we need to always remember that the riches of his grace, he wants to give us the riches of his grace. That includes love and joy and peace and and all of those things that he wants to give us as believers. The key is, what am I as a believer going to do? Am I going to believe God? You know, and it's interesting, we call ourselves believers. Because really, what that mean, am I going to believe God? If I'm going to believe God, I am a believer. If I call myself a believer, I need to believe God. So when God says that in the midst of tragedy, he can give us peace, in the midst of tragedy, we can overcome, am I going to believe that or not? He says, I am always with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so we say to ourselves, in the midst of tragedy, am I going to believe that or am I not going to believe it? And the choice is really up to us as believers. Am I going to believe God or not? And with that said, here's an excellent scripture to reference. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says, No temptation, test, or trial has overtaken you except such as common to man. See, that, that's kind of scary, too, is because we tend to think, oh, man, nobody's had it this bad ever. No, nobody's no, Nobody's ever faced this ever. Other people are experiencing either what you're experiencing or worse. Or, or some, some less. But look at the rest of it says. It says, again, here's that but again. But God is faithful. Woo! Right. That's the good say news. you have to be. He says God he is. He says, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted, tried, or tested beyond what you are able See, God knows what you're able to endure. Right, right. This is why he allows you to go do it. But So you got to think the way God thinks about you. God said he ain't going to put nothing on you that you can't bear, and you got to believe that. Well, God, if I'm going through this, I must be able to bear, bear this. Let me gird my loins up. Let me, let me get in this word. Let me start confessing what God says. Look, what you are able, but with the temptation trial or test, will also make a way of escape. Oh, so I'll get out of this? Ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Ask Daniel. He made a way of escape. Look, that you may be able to bear it. Yeah, you're able to bear it, and you got to understand that. As long as you still got breath in you and you got the Holy Spirit in you, you got the Word of God in you, Scripture says let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. If you got all that in you, you can't lose with what you use. We're overcomers, and that's what we need to believe as as believers, we got to believe that as believers, we're overcomers. The greater one lives us in us. Jesus said, Jesus kept making some bold statements. He says, the work that I do shall you do also, and greater works will you do. He says, because you got that same spirit that raised me from the dead. It lives in you, so you can do this too. And we, we got God's promises. A lot of those uh, Old Testament saints, they didn't have these New Testament promises that we had. The scripture says we have Better, a better covenant with better promises. They looked forward. We've got it. That's We're in it. So it's all good. So I want to encourage people, you know, get in the word of God and meditate on that word. And here's the thing about biblical meditation. It transforms your belief. And it gives you the faith that you need to step out on the word. If you start meditating on God's word, and meditation is basically you focusing on God's word instead of focusing on the issue. So you focus on God's word and what he said about it. He just said this, 
There's no temptation, trust, or towel that you may go through that I won't give you the strength to bear it. So meditate on that, and that will strengthen your faith, and you'll overcome. You'll overcome. See, and once again, as we go back to this talking about being a believer, lots of people read Scripture. They know what the Scripture says, but they're not sure that they believe it. And I'm always reminded of the man that came to Jesus. He said, I believe, but help my unbelief. And I think there are a lot of Christians in that same place. They believe some, but they need help with their unbelief in the sense that, yes, I know that if I have a cold, I'm sure that God can heal me because I've had a cold before and I've been healed from it. I know that if I get a broken bone, God can heal me because I've seen him do that in other people or myself. And so the things that we've seen God do, we tend to say, okay, I believe that he can do that. But if it's something bigger in our life that's never happened to us before, maybe, then we say, well, I'm not sure that God can do this. I know he could do that other thing, but I'm not sure that he can do this. Well, Richard, I'm like this. Jesus told, uh, they call him, they refer to him as Doubting Thomas. We know who he is. He's a believer, but he's doubted. He said, I ain't going to believe until I see Jesus and put my finger in the holes. And then Jesus says something. He says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And that's what I want to say. I'm like the centurion soldier. I don't have to see it to believe it. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing. If I hear about what God's done in your life, if you give me your testimony about what God's done in your life, that's all I need. I heard it. The woman that had the issue of blood, she heard that Jesus was coming through town. She must have heard some other stuff Jesus was doing, too. Right, she heard some miracles. She heard, she heard about the miracles. That's all I need all to I do. All I have to do is touch him. All I got to do is hear about the stories, and, and we got the book. I got 66 books. I mean, that's books. what she said. All I got to do is touch him, yeah. and I'll, I'll be okay. But she heard what he had been doing. He had been healing people, and she like, all I got to do is get near this cat right here, and uh, this cat, this Lord and Savior, this Jesus. All I got to get near this guy and touch. I don't even need to touch him. Just let me touch a thread of his clothing, and I know I'll be made whole. So, Again, we can hear about the promises of God from anybody. You can. Scripture says we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and our word, word of our testimony. If I hear somebody else testify of the goodness of the Lord, I can put faith in that too. I'll say, well, God did it for him, and I know Richard ain't no saint. <laughs> if God did it for Richard, I know he, he looked down on me because the Scripture says he allows his son to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous, the just and the unjust. God's no, he's no, he shows no partiality. He just wants people to believe. That's what it means to be a believer. The woman at the well, you know, she was a Samaritan. But after she encountered Jesus, she left as a believer because she went out witnessing to the rest of the community about she met a man. Like, yeah, you met a lot of men. But no, I met this man that, that told me things about myself, that prophesied to me. So he made an evangelist out of her. I just wanted to say that. So God just wants us to really believe and and again this is what transforms your belief if you don't believe and you're like the 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 gentleman that said lord i believe help my belief god gave us a a way to to transform our belief he says meditate on my word day and night and observe to do all that's written and then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success he told joshua that well if that's good enough for joshua it's good enough for me because joshua was a child of god too i'm a child of god and he says You know, we need to meditate on God's word. That'll transform what we believe. That'll increase your faith as you start focusing in. And remember, whatever you focus on, you're going to move in that direction. 
So if I'm focused on the word of God, that's the direction I'm going to move in. If I'm focused on my problems and all the stuff that there's a lot of stuff, bad, negative things going on in the world. But if I focus on that all day, guess where my emotions are going to move that way. So when I start talking, guess what I'm going to be talking about? Whatever I've been focused on all day. That's why he says meditate on my word. How long? Day and night. Focus on my word day and night. And then that's what's going to come out of you because whatever goes in is going to come out. I know a person that watches Fox News all day. (laughs) All night to watch the same okay, show. Okay, we know what they got paid for. Same, same show replayed. And what happens is is that you just start to think the whole world's just, there's no hope. I mean, everything's terrible. But I know other people who watch MSNBC all the time. And and both both camps, one, MSNBC, the world's coming to an end. There's no hope for the world, and it's the Republicans' fault. Fox News... There's the world's coming to an end. There's no hope for the world, and it's the Democrats' fault, right? And that was the it, devil's fault. If we, if as you said before, we just focus on those things, pretty soon, if you just watch Fox News all day, you would know that the real enemies in this world are Democrats. If you watch MSNBC all day, pretty soon you will know the real enemies of this world are Republicans. But what did Paul say? We don't fight against flesh and blood. We don't fight right. against Democrats or Republicans. We fight against principalities. We fight against the devil. Our fight is with the devil, not with other people. And yet it is so easy for us to get our eye off of that. The devil, I think the devil loves that. And when he can get us convinced that people are our enemy, well, then that gets our idea off of him as our enemy. And even as believers, I think he really loves it when Christians start to see other Christians or other people as the enemy because that just takes our mind off of him and what he's doing. And it takes our mind off of not only him, but it takes our mind off of Christ. And he just loves it when we start bickering back and forth with each other. Well, again, if that's what you're going to focus on, negative, negative news. And the gospel's called news, too. But it's called good news. Good news. So, again, if you focus and meditate on what God said, yes, all those things are happening in the world. That, that's a fact. But... The word of God is the truth, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This is what Jesus had to say in Matthew. There is hope in the world, though, and it's found in Jesus Christ. Right. And not only that, we're connected. Remember, we're seated with Christ in heavenly places. So look what he told us about this, about us. He says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses the season, how then uh, is this good for none to be thrown? But I wanted to get to this. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. So if I'm the salt of the earth and the light of the world, that's what I need to focus on because God said that about me. So if all this bad stuff is happening, what does salt do? Salt has a lot of properties. First of all, it's a it, it, it gives flavor. So it preserves. Salt, it, it preserves. And, and it makes people thirsty. People ought to be thirsty for what we got. And what does light do? Well, light works best in darkness. It overcomes the darkness. Right, right, if, you don't believe the dark. this, if you don't believe this, turn on a light tonight and after it gets dark and see what happens to the dark. Yeah, it goes away. So he just said, see, that's why you got to have an image. You know, God can't work through you to the, de- to the degree that you believe. And you have to have an image of, of righteousness. He says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Then he goes to say, let your light so shine before men. So if the world is dark, you as a Christian should be out there lighting it up. 
Right. And you we should be preserving the darkness it. the same way light right. does in a dark room. So again, you got, it's all about what image you have. And God's desire is to uproot that old distorted image that Satan has planted in us and, and put the new image in that's found in his in and through his word. Once you get see, I understand that I, I I'm the salt of the earth and I'm the light of the world. So wherever I go, I make people thirsty. I, I'm preserving and, and I'm bringing some flavor. Dark magic. <laughs> I'm bringing some flavor. I'm bringing some flavor. And also, I'm going to light up a room. When I come in a room, I illuminate it. Everybody around here knows that. I illuminate because I understand that the greater one lives in me. And I actually, Richard, I actually believe the word. I believe I am who the Bible says I am. I believe I have what it says I have, and I can do what it says I can do. And I believe, and the scripture says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, we believe, therefore we speak. I'm always speaking that. My whole conversation is what God said about me. That's my mindset now because you know what? I meditate on his word day and night, and that's the only thing that's going to make you an overcomer. As a believer, you got you to gotta have the mind of Christ. See, what I like there is that he's writing to believers when he says you are the salt and the light. It's mm-hmm. not other people will be the salt and the He's light. He's talking to me. Talking it's about, got my name right see, there. <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes Christians get all excited about how come this is happening or that. And we have to look to ourselves maybe a little bit and say, are we being salt and light? Am I, am I as God's child being salt? Am I as God's child being light or am I not? Well, Jesus said this. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. And he says also, he says, I given you Authority to trample over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. So he said he gave you that. He didn't say he's talking to the believers again. So if he gave you that, that authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power that the devil can do, well, go out and exercise the authority. See, and he gave it to all believers, too, because sometimes as believers, we say, yeah, he gave that to believers, but we think he's talking about somebody else. No, he's talking about me. He's talking about you. He's talking about all of us. Yeah, and I'm going to encourage you. And, and challenge you to walk, step We're out on that. We're all salt and light. Right. So Everybody that's a believer is salt and light. Not just are. some. So wherever you go, get your, shake some salt and, and light up the place because that's what we are made for. See, and it's wherever we are, too, and I like the fact that you said that because sometimes we think, well, we're, we're salt and light when we're in no, the church building on no, Sunday. No, no, no. We're salt and light everywhere. Everywhere. Every, salt's everywhere. If you think about it, salt is everywhere. It's in our water. It's in the ocean. It, it, it's everywhere. So uh, we are the salt. And speaking of salt, I'd like to uh, give a shout-out and make a best-selling book available by a friend of ours, Drake Travis. He has a best-selling book that he wrote called Healing Power, Voice Activated. Discover today how your words bless, heal, and restore. And, and Proverbs eighteen twenty one said, Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And this book is amazing. It's tell- and again, in Genesis, God created the world by the words that he's released out of his mouth. So we would like to make this book available to you for any uh, love offering to this ministry, Faith on Fire. Send your love offerings to P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, and we'll send you this best-selling book, Healing Power, Voice Activated by Drake Travis. This is Ben Taney, and we're done with this segment of Faith on Fire. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, 
P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.